has done and what he's going to do. Um, and as we started the second decade, we decided that, we, or we felt more than that actually, we didn't decide, really strongly felt, that um, just looking at the way that we do things was the way that God would talk us to do that. Because there's many different families, many different churches uh, around the world, and there's many in Harlow, and, and, and to God be the glory for them. Do you mean that there would be fruit come in all of them? But for us, we just wanted to talk through kind of what our culture is, what our philosophy is, what our, I was reading some teenagers, stuff this week at school what our vibe is I think I should have actually, if I could go back three or four weeks and uh, 25 years uh, I'd go with the word vibe but but it's, it's the way things are done do you know what I mean you know and we all we all know that there are way things are done in your families in your schools in your workplaces there are certain cultures that are accepted do you know what I mean you know how big the cakes have to be on birthdays to follow along you know some people it's like you, you, your month's salary goes on the coffees and the cakes on birthdays other, other companies, they don't even do anything for it. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's just different. So in God's Central, we, we, we kind of came up with uh, seven cultures and we're on week number four. So the first culture, going back in time, was the second chance culture, which Bill talked to us about, where we say that, you know, failure isn't fatal. You know, people will mess up morally. That will take ministry risks that don't work out. We want to help people get back on their feet and go again. Uh, week two was uh, Rob Bird talked about have a go culture where we're always looking to try new things uh, that we, we know sometimes they'll work out sometimes they won't but we want to be quick to give opportunities to use skills and take responsibilities and that's been great talking in the values course as well uh, people doing that number three uh, last week, James did, I think, the best culture where we, in our relationships, we look for each other's positive qualities, assume good intentions and seek to draw out the best in one another. And today, therefore, as number four, we're looking at a forward-looking culture where we have big dreams for the future and embrace change. Not something that we maybe all, all would, would give an immediate amen to. It's, that's been probably the dampest one of the four so far, and I think probably rightly, because we, we all get a little bit comfortable, don't we? Do you know what I mean? You know, we're going to get names for the chairs for you, so you can, have, you can book your seats online and know where you're going. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, that's the way that good traditional Christianity is rolled. <laughs> but but we, we're looking to embrace change. We're, we're entrepreneurial and are full of faith. Uh, we love creating culture and embracing new technology and ideas as we build. So today, you know, is all looking about kind of the future and looking forward. And uh, if we can give a round of applause, we've got Louise is going to come up and just share a little bit on this. Um, so come on up, Lou, and hopefully that's about the right height for the pair of us. Thank you, Ben. Uh, good morning, everyone. So for those of you who don't know me, my name's Louisa, often Lou, never Lulu. <laughs> Ever, <laughs> or else. <laughs> so I became a Christian um, about the end of 2009, and I joined up with what's now God Central probably about three or four months after that. So I've been uh, part of things here for quite some time. I've got the great privilege, obviously, of speaking to you this morning, so occasionally I will preach. Um, I'm involved with the AV team, which the lovely Eleanor is on today. Uh, I do a bit of South and pack down, and I'm on the trustee board. And because I am accountant by day, I am church treasurer. I want to say superhero by night, but you know, it's just not happening, is it? <laughs> so as Ben already explained, we're looking at week four of our culture series today, and 
we're looking at how we can build a forward-looking culture. Now, interestingly, the Bible says a few things concerning not worrying about the future. The book of James actually warns us not to boast about tomorrow and tells us to submit our plans to God. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus himself told us not to be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. So does that mean we shouldn't make plans? No, of course not. Otherwise, this is really short and I'm just going. But there's a vast difference about worrying about the future and having the wisdom to think ahead and put in place prudent measures for things that you think, that you fear, that you know, or that you hope will happen. And this is a wisdom we see established in the Bible, demonstrably in the book of Genesis. Many of you will know the story of Joseph. Favoured by his father Jacob, sold into slavery by his brothers, unjustly imprisoned by Potiphar, a dreamer and an interpreter of dreams. He is brought out of the pit and called to stand before the throne to discern the meaning of Pharaoh's dreams. Seven fat and seven thin cows, seven good and seven blighted ears of corn. Joseph gives Pharaoh the interpretation given him by God. The two dreams symbolise seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. But he doesn't stop with a warning. He tells Pharaoh what he is to do next. And we've got Genesis chapter 41, verses 33 to 36. And there is now therefore let Joseph select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming up uh, sorry, are coming and store up grain against, under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. That food should be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. When those seven years of famine came, Pharaoh's government would not be left wringing their hands while the people created an enormous hullabaloo around them, crying out for sustenance. Instead, we see Joseph, and by extension God, for it was God that gave Joseph the interpretation of the dream, advising Pharaoh to plan for the future, to be forward-looking, not just enjoying the plenty that we have today, but storing up grain against the tomorrow that God's given warning of. So if we want to be wise, this is something we should always also be doing. But what does that look like to us in Harlow in 2020? So as I mentioned earlier, I'm a member of the trustee board, and one of the things that we've felt recently is very important for us to do is to set up a building fund. What we want to do is we want to start deliberately setting aside money uh, so that we're prepared to act when an opportunity arises. We don't yet know what building God's going to open up to us, but it's important that we start to make provision for something we know God's going to do. Something you might be doing in your personal life is setting aside money for your retirement. Personally, I've been doing contributing to a pension since I was about 19. We know people are living longer, and I'm sure that most of us would prefer not to be working a full-time job right up until the day we die. So, really, it makes sense to be paying into a pension or laying aside something for the proverbial rainy day. Otherwise, we just won't be able to afford our retirement. Of course, looking forward isn't just about money. It's also important when we consider other areas of our lives. Now, I'm a qualified accountant, and I've been doing that job for just over 22 years. 
that basis, I don't think it would be immodest to suggest that I'm pretty good at what I do. I, I don't know if my colleagues would agree or not, but yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago, though, we took on a lady who had very, very little experience, and the things we were asking her to do, through no fault of her own, she didn't know what to do or how. But what that meant was I had to spend quite a lot of time with her. So I was showing her how to do things, teaching her the techniques that we use, answering questions, explaining concepts, checking that she understood, answering more questions, explaining concepts. <laughs> to be absolutely honest, it would have been quicker for me to do the job myself. Due to her own experience, she took longer to complete the work and used up more of my time than if I'd just done it myself. It's not the point, though, is it? If I were focused on the short term, I could have done the work myself. But what I was doing was investing in her as a person and as an accountant. Because of the time we sacrificed at the beginning, she's actually growing much more confident now in her work, and she's able to take on more complicated things. And she doesn't need quite so much of my input every day. So by being forward-looking, I'm actually seeing the fruit of that investment. So you see, we can be forward-looking when we're looking, thinking about our or other people's talents. It's the same with any gifting or talent. You can be sure that James, for example, didn't just get up this morning, plug in his guitar and start to sing. Shaking his head, that's good. <laughs> he would have practiced songs. He would have practiced strum patterns. He would have spent time with God choosing which songs to lead us with this morning. We need to be intentionally forward-looking. We need to nurture our gifts, whatever they may be. We need to give ourselves time and space to grow. Now, the last area I want to touch on is time. <coughs> How full is your diary? To be a good parent or a spouse, you need to spend time with your family. Maybe that means you need to spend less time in the office, or in front of the television, or Facebook. Are you often late meeting people? For work? For church? <laughs> Maybe you just need to plan ahead. Get yourself to bed on time. Set your alarm clock quarter of an hour earlier. Although, I've got to be honest, the wind howling around the house this morning, that snooze button was very, very tempting. <laughs> but we can be deliberate about setting aside time for the important people and things in our lives. In a way, that's key for everything else. Because if we don't govern our time, we won't be able to nurture our gifts or our relationships or be able to make the best decisions about our financial resources. I'd ask, please, guys, don't, don't disregard this sort of thing with, with excuses. You know, I'm, I'm not an organised person. The traffic's always bad. The kids are always making me late. I've always been late. I'm just so busy. You know, God's able to redeem all things. If he can turn us from being enemies to being his sons and daughters, then surely it's within his power to help us here. Of course, God has a very right sense of humour, I find. Despite endorsing and understanding everything I've just said, I've had a really challenging week. I have been super busy. And I've been jumping from one task to another without much change for thought, for planning, even though I know I've got to make some important financial decisions, I've got to make some other decisions in my life, <sighs> I just haven't had the time. To be honest, what I've done this week is I've overscheduled myself. I agreed to too many meetings, evenings out, work deadlines, 
and I had some family stuff going on as well, which just added even more pressure. I doubt, honestly, I was much fun to be with this week. Being overscheduled kind of makes me snappy, rather self-focused. <sighs> Worse than that, though, in the midst of the busyness, one of the main relationships that I tend to let slide is my relationship with God. As with all things, though, I'm so grateful to him for his grace. <laughs> the work he started in me, he will bring through to completion. And I know that even though I'm busy, even though I neglect him this week, I know tomorrow I can start again. Tomorrow's a new week. And it, yeah, it, I can change. God can help me change. So I just want to pray for us, and uh, then I'm just going to hand back to Ben. Uh, Father God, yeah, I just want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we pray that you will be patient with us as we seek to grow in you. Holy Spirit, would you manifest your presence among us and speak to all of our hearts. Draw us closer to you that we would know you. And help us to grow in you, in love for you and in love for others. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just give Lou a round of applause. And uh, while we're doing that, if you have a Bible, smartphone, or whatever you're using, we're going to just anchor ourselves in Matthew chapter 6 for a couple of minutes. And uh, for the teenagers amongst you, Matthew 6 uh, was key for me in my journey. Um, in that, uh, as, as I've shared before, my, my family were very much in and out of, or kind of on the fringes of church, I suppose. And one of my earliest memories uh, in church was uh, doing a kind of a, a, a little production. I must have got, I don't know how I got involved in it really, so I wasn't around that much. But, but I ended up having to read the, the verses that, were about, that have come up behind me about laying up treasures ahead. And I think it was one of those things where God was going ahead of Ben Clark and, and, and anchoring things for the future. Because when I was, and I don't know, probably 12, 13, I, you know, at that age, I was invincible. I was going to do everything. Do you know what I mean? You know, you, the world was, was your oyster, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? And I think, you know, part of me is as Christians, we need to remember that and encapture some of that enthusiasm and go again, you know, because that's in God. But also, I think this verse just anchors what we're going to build our lives upon. And uh, we've looked at it before. Fun enough, we're going to look at it again next week. But I just want to read it for us and then just unpack it a little bit. And I've got another bit in Philippians. But, but when I was 12, 13, this is what I read uh, from a pulpit in, in a church. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's a, it's a great looking ahead, isn't it? It kind of navigates, directs. Uh, it's that we're living in the now, but for the future. You know, and, and that's a common theme of Christianity. You know, whether you are 12 or whether you are 112, there's still a now and a not yet. Uh, and, and trusting, really, that Jesus will work things through for his good, for those who love him. And I found for me, this verse has given me peace in the midst of storms. 
you know, that where, where life comes and pressures on us, you know, and quite a lot of that, I would say, and is marketing pressures are one of the things that I've suffered heavily from, you know, the pressure to have the next house, you know, in the earlier days of God Central, when I was, I was battling against Apple big time, I used to be, I used to be there just dreading that the, the Apple, it shows my age, the, the iPhone 3G was released, and then the 4, and then the 4S, and then the 5, and there's teenagers looking who like, what are those things? Do you know what I mean? Talk to your mum and dad over lunch. They'll find you an old photo of them, okay? But, but there was, you know, that anticipation. And then, and then there were cars thrown into the mix. Do you know what I mean? And the latest computer. And then, actually, what I could do for the garden. And then, because I've got a garden, I now need a patio set. And then, to go with my patio set, I need a barbecue. And it can't just be a charcoal thing. You know, it's got to be, like, the latest gas, like, do you know what I mean? It's got, like, the whole grill's just going to take... But you get it. You know, we get so caught. Cool. I mean, there's loads of you smiling. He's got some repentance to go on later, people. We've hit some idols. But, but you know where I'm coming from, don't you? Is that, that the pressures of the world just emanate at us and at us and at us and condition us. And, and hear me, none of those things really of themselves are wrong. But they all have the potential, don't they, to take that centre place in our thoughts and attentions. And that centre place is, belongs to God alone. Hence the name God Central. You know, lose mentions, you know, our time, our talents, our finances, you know, how we use those three bits of treasure, if you want, for the kingdom of God. You know, it's about investing in there. Do you mean trusting that for those of us who believe one day we'll meet him face to face? And then, to be honest with you, I'm not worried whether I've got an Android phone or an iOS phone, <laughs> because I'm in God's kingdom. You know, I'm not worried whether I'm driving a petrol car or a diesel, because actually my pathway is made by him. You know, so it's, it's holding the important things of this life, but holding them lightly with a view to come. You know, is, is what does us. And, and the Apostle Paul, uh, he wrote a very similar sort of uh, his heart on this when he was writing to the Philippian church. Uh, and, and again, you'll know this, uh, even, even the younger ones, you'll know this because it's so well quoted, it's so well known. But Paul writes right at the start of the chapter one to the Philippians, you know, yes, I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed but with full courage now as always Christ will be honoured in my body whether by life or by death for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain you know we love reading it quickly don't we let's just just pause on it for a couple of secs <laughs> to live for me to live is Christ and die is gain if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labour for me. So that's, that's, that's Paul's reason for living, is fruitful labour for the kingdom of God. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. <laughs> I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. <laughs> Some harsh words. And uh, I'm not going to fully unpack it because we haven't got time. But, but it's that wrestling, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's Paul, you know, he, he knows he's got a work to do here on earth. And yet actually he knows he's got a better place, uh, an eternity with God to go to. You know, that, that for those of us who know Jesus, our eternal destiny is very, very different. I wanted to plug, um, and I nicked apparently the only one Jim told me, you know, this is not the case that everyone goes to heaven. It's anyone for heaven. 
And it is through Jesus. Do you know what I mean? You know, that there, there, are, there is an eternity for those of us who have chosen to believe with our God. But there's also an eternity for those who don't bow the knee towards Jesus, which is eternal separation from God. And we need to be really clear on the two. For those of us who know God and follow him, we know that he's always been faithful and always been good. Amen? You know, it's, it's beautiful. Steph's testimony earlier. Do you know what I mean? You know, God has always been good. What we know is that God is faithful and good now. Amen? Yeah? And if we look ahead, we know that God is going to be good and faithful. You know, that he was and is and is to come. And we're going to be talking about on that, that in our next preach series around about Easter. But we also need to realize that the best is still to come in our God. You know, that capital C church-wise, there's still an advancement of Jesus' kingdom to happen. Yeah? I was reading um, some news from Premier Christianity. Do you know that, that, they, average, that they estimate, sorry, on average, there are 56,000 new followers of Christ worldwide every day? Do you know what I mean? That should have got a bit more excitement. Yeah, I must admit, God challenged my faith on that because in, in, in the world where we live, in Harlow, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem to be happening. And yet on a global picture, 56,000, the same number that watched Tottenham beat Southampton this week, you heard it, Tay, are getting converted to Christ every week. Now, that is a link and a half. <laughs> but, but you get it. That's enormous, isn't it? Do you mean, you know, that's what God's doing. And yet we also know there are unreached people groups in the world. I mean, let's get our little hollow minds around that. There are people who have never heard different tribes and places. And just as equally, there's probably someone down your road who may never have heard of Jesus. There's a kingdom there, you know? And personally, therefore, this is where it gets blunt for you, there are things that God is calling you and I to do for his glory. If it wasn't so, he'd have called us home. <laughs> you, know? you know, you and I were chosen by Jesus for an adventure with him, for works for him. And God's always been more interested in the journey, the character forming, than the ultimate goal. Yeah? It's about us processing and, and being refined, about being on the potter's wheel with him and being changed. And as always, as Lou said, you know, God is gracious, he's merciful, he's kind. He doesn't beat us up, but there are things and plans that he has ahead for you that are only for you. And I want to use the word great exploits for the kingdom. And I want to go against, uh, a lot of you will already have discounted that because I put the word great and exploit in there. And uh, some of you who are around on Friday night will know, I've done some reading on conditional formatting or plausibility structures, if I'm going to go posh. But I'll save that for a future sermon. Okay? But basically what they mean is, it's the way the world conditions us. That you and I hear things, and we, we, we call it intuition, but actually it's just we filter it through all the lenses of information we've had. So, so your upbringing is yours, but you've heard things said to you from parents, from teachers, from the world around, the newspaper you've read, all of that stuff. And it builds in us a response to things. And so when someone says, God's got great exploits for you, a load of you are like, no, not me. I'm nothing great about me. <laughs> in fact, I don't want to do anything. And you discount, and I discount. And actually... A great exploit for some of us might be praying out loud. 
For some of us, it might be sharing something at Life Group. For some of us, it might be getting on a serving team. For others, it might be just talking at work about the fact you went to church. For others, it might be starting new churches. For others, it might be moving to different nations. You know, we're all called to different works, and they are all the works God has for us, and they're all equal in his sight because it's being obedient to what he calls us for. Coming into land with a bit about us and God central. You know, we, we were birthed back 10 years ago with what we feel was a call from God to do much more than we're currently doing. Hear me, that's not ungratitude. <laughs> I love being on mission with you all. But I want to be clear that there is more ahead for us as God's central family. That, you know, that we want to be a place, we've always dreamed of being a place where, where people mature in their faith, where we continually are placed on the potter's wheel by God and refined and have our lives transformed and are used by God to transform others. You know, we're called to love God, to love people, to love Harlow. And the love Harlow bit basically means to make disciples of Christ. <laughs> and one of the verses that's been spoken over us, sorry, prophetic words, not verse, so many times in the early days, and I've, again, a lot of you know this was really, really powerful for Claire and I, was that we don't fit the mould. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, that we don't do things exactly according to script here. <laughs> do you know, I mean? you know? And if you've been around for a while, you'll know that. And that's, we don't want to boast in that arrogantly because we don't want to be different for different sake. But what we do want to do is we want to hear what our God is saying and follow after him. That we want to take on board the wisdom of the world. We want to learn from brothers and sisters in Christ and be all that we can. But at the end of the day, if it comes with the difference between a book and what we feel God said, we're with what God said every time. We want to be really clear on that. You know? And that has marked our journey. You know, it really has. And so I wanted to uh, look at some examples of possibly where God's spoken to us and, and helped us to break the mold in our last 10 years. And uh, because there were 10 years, I found 10 of them, and then this morning found an extra one when I was prepping. So, so I'm going to go in with uh, number 1A, before we get to life groups even, was, was buildings, basically. It suddenly called on, suddenly dawned on me this morning that buildings, you know, if you've been part of things, you'll know, you know, we, we've, we've, met down, we've met downstairs in the playhouse, upstairs in the playhouse, on the backstage of the playhouse, I don't know, on the balcony of the playhouse, in the car park for baptisms of the playhouse, you know, we've, we've, met, we've met in Cineworld all over. When the, when the heating didn't work, they shove us in this screen. We've done kids' work in corridors and cupboards and bar areas. And, and to be honest with you, this place is good. <laughs> you know? You know? But it's for a season because we will move again. Do you know what I mean? But God you know, has really spoken to us so keenly about buildings. You know, we've used coffee shops and other things as well. Do you know what I mean? But you know, play barns. Claire and I were chatting. You know, you know, we, had, we had a season where, where we used to have a mum's group that met down in Wild and Wacky. I mean, what a wild and wacky idea, to be honest. But apparently it went well, and I never had to go. Um, but anyway... <laughs> So other ways that God's spoken to us, you know, was in life groups. You know, life groups, we're always looking for them to, to be flexible and to be multiplied. You know, you know, as Lee shared, you know, we had, we had one, or I think one of us did, we had, you know, we had one group originally that used to alternate between kind of Lee's house and our house. And then that kind of multiplied and multiplied. And then, you know, we needed different days so that hopefully everyone can get to them. You know, why have we done that? Well, because we feel God's speaking. It's important to be connected. You know, uh, number two, I'm back on to my top my 10 now, okay? Study night, study centre nights. The, the, you know, God opened up the study centre to us, and we've used it for all sorts. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, literally, we've had prayer meetings, we've had worship times, we've had encounter times, we've had birthday parties there, we've had visiting people there, we've just had nights there because we missed the place, I think. Do you know what I mean? But, but, you know, but it's just been a place where God has guided and it's been flexible. Do you know what I mean? It really has been flexible. Um, for those who, have, who were around sort of five years ago, uh, number three was we, we decided we'd do cafe church for a season where we used to have tables and coffee and pastries and carnage. Uh, but it kind of worked. Do you know what I mean? You know, but again, it was a response to try and build a, a friendly DNA, which honestly <laughs> breaks my heart looking out that God did something in that season, which we're reaping the fruit of now that we realised that relationships and actually loitering and sitting around was important to us. You know, it's not about the rush, it was about the time. You know, uh, we've, we've also uh, altered their mornings a lot. So the next one coming up is about the preach. And again, we've had, we've had the preach at straight away at the, t- at the start. We've had the preach in the middle, we've had the preach at the end. And, and probably other times in between, you know, it's been a challenge for the preach team, but it's just been in a response to different seasons that worked for children's work and for other things. And on the next one, I think you'll all probably cheer on. We've put refreshments in there as well, because refreshments has changed all over the place. We used to have it before, then we had it after, then we have it during, and now we have it in all three. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very much a forward-thinking... <laughs> Yeah, let's not go there. Um, to the notes, Ben. Uh, you know, uh, we've also embraced technology. You know, we've used videos particularly, you know, to help us with worship, uh, to help us with preaches. And we've videoed ourselves for other churches and received other churches. Do you know what I mean? You know, we, which when we were doing it, I'll never forget when I was, uh, I was doing a message for a church in, in, in our caravan about four years ago. And halfway through the message, they're trying to record. So the camera was set up like through the door. And I was kind of like, trying to look cool at the other end of the caravan and not drop my notes. Uh, and halfway through the preach, the postman put his head round to drop off a packet. <laughs> Honestly, it was like, oh man, I've got to start again. We didn't actually. We left it in there and the church that received it found it hilarious. Uh, but anyway, you know, but it's just using it different things to communicate in different ways. Um, uh, a year ago, and uh, if I'd found it, I did put it somewhere, we, we, we signed up for church suite. I even brought the thank you card this morning, and I don't know where I've put it, but we signed up, I'll find it, here we go. A year ago, we launched our latest app, and ironically, I'd already written this, yesterday morning I got a little, we, or we got a little happy church suite birthday card through. Okay, so if you've not heard of Church Suite or the app, don't know where you've been for the last year, but it exists. And if you are using it, the first about 10 of you can fight over a piece of rock from them, <laughs> which is going to be bad for your teeth, but, but it's a little gift. But why again? Because it's important. You know, we felt that communication wasn't working via WhatsApp and text anymore, so we needed something to go wider than that. Do you know what I mean? And see where it goes. Um, you know, the next one I think we've got up there is website or internet, which again has just changed hugely. I mean, you all laughed at the old green logo we put up uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago. I mean, the website, I'm so thankful it's gone down because it wasn't great. Um, but, you know, you have to evolve these things. You know, social media is huge these days. And, and you might say, well, no, that's not for me. That's fine. But for most of the world that we live in, if I looked at the teenagers, I know you had a great session on social media about, about, about a month or so ago with Rob and Eleanor. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's huge. It's huge. Even I'm trying to get a little bit more with it in my vibe. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. But it's big there. And then number 10, 
Okay, or number nine, sorry, Zoom prayer. So we started trying to meet different places around the town, embrace technology and video there. And it links in with number 10, which was uh, the first time ever on Friday night, we actually did a sneaky live stream of the prayer meeting. Okay, so, uh, so uh, uh, Evie, Dan and Francis stumbled across it on a, on a test run, which wasn't the plan, but hey, it worked. But, but hear our heart in that. It's, that is the most important God Central meeting that happens. Do you know what I mean? And if we can find a way, ideally, yes, still come. But if we can find a way of getting more people in, that's where we're kind of thinking for the future because we firmly believe in prayer. Okay, last little bit. One of the most significant prophecies for us uh, as New Frontiers, families of churches, came from a guy called John Grove. So if you did the Foundations videos, uh, you'll have seen. Uh, and he spoke this. He spoke in a place called Brighton Conference Centre. And the prophecy was, there are no well-worn paths ahead. That was to the movement of churches, global movement. But I think for us as well, it really does emanate well for us. Do you know what I mean? That there, are, there is no set path you know, those of you who have sat and the guys have done values, you'll know. You know, the next season, do we know exactly where it lies? Not at all. Do we know God's in control of it? Oh, yes. And are we therefore going to anchor in his plans and promises and run after them? Oh, yes. Do you mean, you know, there's no problem at all with doing that. You know, as Lou said, it's, it's planning well for the future. You know, using the skills God's given us, but pushing boundaries. Jesus was always pushing boundaries, always looking to extend and move things forward. You know, and in our, in our sceptical world, there's even more challenge for us to do that with the authority of, of heaven behind us, to press in and see Jesus glorified. Terry Virgo, uh, who leads or founded New Frontiers, still leads them, put this beautiful quote I came across. He's, he wrote this, I don't put much value on nostalgia. But it's wonderful to look back and honour God for his mercies thus far, convinced the best is yet to come. And I think for, for us as individuals and a church, that summarises it. So I want to challenge you. What has God used you for so far in your life? What has God called you to in your life? And what is God calling you to in the next season? Because if the best is still to come and we're looking for the future, those things matter. We're going to stand and we're going to worship Jesus in a sec. And the song we're going to be singing is, This Is My Desire. And the words that should appear here for us. And what we want to try and do is really challenge this. Because if you know Jesus... This is a declaration. It's a positioning of putting yourself before him, saying, saying, Almighty God, you are my desire. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to press into you. And while we're doing so, we'd ask that, do you know what I mean? That you open yourself up and ask those questions to God. What have you called me to? What are you calling to me? What do I need to change? And Lou and I are going to come around and we're going to give you an index card. And we really want to push it that far that that if God is speaking, if there are bits of your life, if you just think, actually, I just need to get hold of my diary, practical. I just need to sort out finances so I've got a pension or providing for my kids to go off to uni or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or I've got travel plans. Jot them down. If you've got things that God has spoken over, you know, know, God, I remember when I was 21, for example, and you spoke to me about worship. I'm going to write it down and we're going to take these things to God because 
It's about leaning into him for the future. So I'm going to give you a card. And if you're exploring Christianity or with us, I just ask you to look at the words and just say to God, if you exist, <laughs> prove some of this to me. Prove that you're my breath. Prove that you're, they're, they're all that matters to me. And uh, we're going to trust, because we prayed a prayer meeting, we've been praying all week, that God would speak prophetically to loads of us to catch us up in his plan for our next seasons. Whether that's restoring things of the past, because you're now in a new place, or new stuff. So we're going we're gonna to sing the song, we're going to take time, and at the end, we're going to have a little bit of ministry for healing and for the prophetic. But please, we just in, in, invite you, don't miss out. Don't think, oh, that, that's a silly thing. I'm not going to write that down. Write it down. Have the courage to write it down. And then stick it on your, on your fridge. And then, let, then if, let God be the one who decides whether it was silly or not. Yeah? Let's take the courage of actually stepping in rather than slamming the brakes on. So I just want to pray and then we'll stand. Well, if you stand, I'll pray and then we'll worship. But Father God, we thank you that, that you're a God of today. And you're a God of tomorrow. And Father, we thank you for your grace in our lives thus far, for those of us who know you. (laughs) And we eagerly, like Paul, lean in on the future and say, God, we believe you've got things ahead for us. We believe there are great works to be done. There are people to be encouraged. There is your good news to be shared in Harlow and to the ends of the earth. There are giftings in this room to be unlocked. And Father, we pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you stir us? Would you pull bits of the nest apart so that we kind of fall out into the things that you have if you need to, God? You know, I reminded of Ian's picture the other week of, you know, the chairs going up vertically to chuck out. God, just take them vertical and get rid of the seatbelts today, God, to make us fall into your plans and purposes, we ask, God. And in it all, we trust in your love, in your grace, and your mercy, because you are our good, good Father. Amen.